Good morning and welcome to our service here at Midway this morning. We're so thankful you've chosen to be with us. I know that we have several who are traveling and we pray that they will have a safe trip. Tomorrow is the day that our nation has set aside to remember those who have given their life and service to our country to make it possible for us to be here this morning to worship in freedom, for us to be able to preach in freedom, for us to be able to live a life here in our nation that we have grown accustomed to living, to be able to spread the message of God's Word. And we're thankful for that. We appreciate the service that so many have done through the years to make our nation what it has been and and pray that it can continue to go forward, but pray that it will always try to turn back to God and to the to the message that we do indeed preach. This morning, we want to turn our attention to another group of men who who are worthy of our attention, who are mentioned in the Word of God. We'll talk about them today. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about what the, deacon, or what the elders do. Today, we want to talk about what the deacons do. Now, as I was getting ready for this lesson, I looked on the Internet, and I found some T-shirts that are on the Internet, and I thought we might look at some of these, and next elders meeting might even talk about getting some of these T-shirts for our deacons. Uh, there's three up here on the screen that you will see, and, and I don't know if you can read those uh, messages that are on the T-shirts or not, but let me just read a couple of them for you. One of them says, I never dreamed I'd be a super cool deacon, but I'm here killing it. Another one up there says, this is what the world's greatest deacon looks like. And then the last one says, I'm a deacon, what's your superpower? And so when we start thinking about deacons, you know, we can have fun with them. Matter of fact, we do have fun with them quite a bit. Uh, we think about the fact that, that deacons sometimes don't know what they're to do because elders are doing their job, because sometimes preachers are doing the jobs of the, of the elders. And, and we kid about those kinds of things. Even when we pray for our deacons, you know, a lot of times when we pray for deacons, and we should be praying for our deacons, we pray for our elders that they'll make wise decisions, and we've talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and that's not by far, it's probably one of the, uh, the least things that they do in, in the New Testament, but you know, not only do we, we pray for our elders to make wise decisions, we pray for our deacons as they serve. Now, Joe McKeever is a, is a, a denominational preacher who does cartoons and, and just has numerous of those. You see them quite a bit. But he did this one, and, and it's uh, of someone praying for a deacon. And uh, if you can't read that, it says, when we pray that Deacon Tommy, uh, that Deacon Tommy's deaconing will be some of the uh, best deaconing that's ever been deaked. Now think about that one for a minute. What did he pray? Nothing. Absolutely nothing, because it says nothing about what this particular man does. And so when we think about it, when we think about deacons, what are they? When we think about deacons, what do they do? We'll spend some time talking about that this morning. As we begin that discussion this morning, I want us to understand that the word deacon or deacons is found five times in the New Testament. Most translations of the New Testament has it translated five times. Now, as we break those down... We'll note that the word deacon or deacons used those five times. Three times out of that, it's used as a noun. And that is the subject. It, it, it's uh, talking about 
a person. For example, in the book of Philippians chapter 1, at verse number 1, the Bible says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons. That uses a noun there. In the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, at verse number 8, Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. In the qualifications of deacons, that person, as we're looking at it, it's used as a noun here in this passage. Same chapter, same book, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 12. There the Apostle Paul writes and says, Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. And so three times in the New Testament... The word is translated deacon, and we've seen those three. The other two times where you have the word deacon translated in most uh, New Testament translations, they're translated from a verb form. In other words, it's the action that's being spoken about. Both of those times are found in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, at verse number 10, the Bible says, And let them also be tested first, and then let them serve as deacons. That word serve is not in the original. It's the idea of a deacon who is doing his work. And so that deacon is deaking, I guess you might say, as we talk about it. And that's what he is doing. He is serving as a deacon. He is deaconing. And uh, if they prove themselves blameless. Same chapter, same book, verse number 13. The Bible says, for those who serve, the word well is added in the original language, but for those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Again, in this passage, it's not used as a noun. It's not talking about the person, but it's talking about what the man is doing, what the person is doing. And so, five times in the New Testament, the words deacon or deacons are found, and three times as nouns, two times as verbs. But you know what? It's sort of ironic that when you think about the name or the word as it's used, the word that's translated deacon or deacons in these two places, both the noun and the verb forms, are used 64 times in the original language. 64 times. That's more than five. 64 times in the original language. The noun form is used 27 times in the New Testament. That's not one of your blanks. It's just to, to add it all up here. But the noun form is used 27 times. Three times as deacons. In the book of Matthew 22, verse 13, it speaks about the king's attendants, the same word that's translated deacons. Twenty-three other times it's translated as either a servant or a minister, depending upon the, the, whether it's plural or not, servant or servants, minister or ministers. And so that's how it adds up. Not only that, but 37 times we find the verb form. 37 times... Twice it's translated deacons who serve, as we've noted in our text this morning. There are six additional times when it's translated minister or ministering. Twenty-three times where it's either translated serve, served, serving, or service. And then one each, provided, helpers, bringing, delivered, administered, and one of them says translated do. And so these words that are translated deacon and deacons, 
are used only five times in relation to this group of men, but it's used 64 times in the New Testament, both in the noun form and the verb form. Now, we're not asking you to remember all of those numbers. There's not going to be a test, you know, before you get to heaven. Well, how many times is the word deacon is used? Or how many times is the word that's translated deacon or deacons used? But it is to impress something upon our mind. There's a purpose for mentioning all of that. Whenever we're thinking about the word that's used as deacons, for deacons, for this special group of men that have certain qualifications that are laid out in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, the generic, the general term for that literally means one who serves in some capacity. One who is a servant who is working, serving in some area, whether it be for the king, as we mentioned a while ago, the king's attendance, or in some other area, a servant is, or rather a deacon, or one who is, uh, the, the word that's translated deacon or deacons, literally means one who serves in some capacity. And so that's what we're talking about. And so it's no wonder when we pray a lot of times, we pray for our deacons who serve. That's what the very word itself means. But having said that this morning, when we think about deacons, I want us to understand that there's no list of deacon duties that's to be found in the New Testament. For, for this special group of servants of the church that are mentioned in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, with the overseers or elders and the saints, there's no list that we can turn to in any book of the Bible that says, all right, here's the work of a deacon. A deacon is to do this and this and this and this and this. And, and, and you know, whenever we, we look at it, we'll say, okay, if, it, if there was that list and we'd need a deacon over this and a deacon over that and a deacon over something else, and, and, and it just doesn't happen that way. It's just not to be found there. And so... Looking at it from that standpoint, we ask the questions, what do deacons do? If there's no list, if there's nothing that tells us particularly and specifically what they are to do, just what do the deacons do? Well, fortunately, we're not left to, to try to just determine these things on our own. There's other passages of Scripture, and one in particular that that we look at this morning, that we'll think about for the next few minutes, that I believe helps us to understand some things about deacons. Now, if you were listening a while ago when Ben did our scripture reading this morning, you'll know that he read from the book of Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. And we're not going to go back through and read that again for the sake of time this morning, but we're going to talk about that. And I want you to understand that as you look at that passage, nowhere in that passage does the Bible speak about these men who were chosen and give them that noun form of the name deacon. And so the Bible doesn't say that the apostles said that they were to choose seven deacons. It doesn't say that. But we can look and we can determine a couple of things from this passage that, that will help us. Number one, we understand that these men who are chosen on this particular occasion had to have certain qualifications. And we're going to talk about that just a little bit more in, uh, later in our lesson, but they had some certain qualifications. Now, 
they're not the exact same qualifications that are mentioned in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3. We understand that. But I would simply ask this, as we're looking at this list of qualifications, what these men were to be, full of wisdom, full of the, the Holy Spirit and so forth, as we're looking at that list, we should probably ask this, is that simply an abbreviated list of the things that these men... In other words, not every word that was said by the apostles is recorded in Scripture for us, just like not every word that was said by Jesus is recorded in Scripture for us. And John addresses that matter in the book of John, chapter 21, when he says, well, if we had written down everything that he did, don't suppose the world would be able to hold the book. And so, in the same way, not everything is said, but there are some qualifications. So that leads us to believe that these seven men who were chosen by the Jerusalem church, that, that they were special in some way, and they were given a special task that they were to do. But that brings us to the second thing in regard to this. We need to remember the work that they're given to do. And as we look at that and we think about it, we go back to that word thing again. And I don't like to bore us, you know, with words, but they are important. And when we look at what these men were given to do, we find that the work that they're given to do has to do with the same words that are translated deacon and deacons that we found in the book of Philippians and 1 Timothy. For example, look down, if you will, into the passage, and the Bible says that in Acts chapter 6 that, that the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. What does it mean by daily distribution? Well, let me just key you in just a little bit. The word that's translated distribution is the word diakonia. Diakonia, and the daily ministering, in the daily serving. They were being neglected. Diakonia, diakonia, diakonia. You know, that sounds a lot like deacon, doesn't it? Sounds like the work of a deacon. But not only that, if you look in the passage again, you'll notice that the apostle said that it's not right for them to do something. It's not right for them to leave the preaching and do what? Serve tables. The word translated serve is the word diakoneo. 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 That sounds like the word deacon, doesn't it? Matter of fact, that word diakoneo that's used here in regard to serving tables is the exact same word that's used in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3 at verse 10 and 1 Timothy chapter 3 at verse number 13 where the Bible speaks about those serving as deacons, those serving well as deacons, verse 10, verse 13, exact same word. And so literally what you have is those who deacon tables, those who serve tables. And so the work that these seven men are given to do sounds a lot like the work that deacons are given to do. Even though the word the noun is not used there, the verb form is used, the work is described as being that of what a deacon would do. And so this morning I believe that what we have in the book of Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 is very likely what we would call deacons in the church. Now, that gives us some idea about what men do. 
because we can look at the passage and we can determine some of the work that they do. There's not a list that's given there again, not a specific list, but there are some things that we can learn from this passage that we would learn what men who serve in the, in the work of a deacon, things that they should be doing. And so we'll spend the rest of our time this morning in thinking about, about six things or so in regard to that. Number one, as we think about the work of deacons and what they do, deacons can be the answer to a number of problems. What's happening in the church at Jerusalem? There has been a problem that has arisen. There are some people who are not receiving food. They're not able to eat, the widows in particular, and thus we have a problem that has arisen. I don't know about y'all, but if you don't eat, what's going to happen? You're going to starve, right? If you left out a number of days where you're not able to eat, They couldn't just run down to the Social Security office and pick up a check. They didn't have, evidently, other family members to take care of them. Somebody had to help them. The responsibility falls upon the church. We know that from from other passages that James wrote, James chapter 1, verse 27, and and other passages of Scripture. Paul wrote about it as well in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5, that uh, that the church is to take care of the, the widows and so forth. But there were some who weren't able to eat. That's a problem, isn't it? There's a problem that has arisen within the Lord's church at Jerusalem. And so when that problem arose, there were men who were chosen. But I want you to think about a a part of that passage in Acts chapter 6 at verse 3. Very interesting to me that the Lord would say things the way that he does. Do you remember when they're told to pick out the seven brothers? Part of the qualifications that were given, one of them in particular, I think, regards to, uh, has regards to problems that arise within the church. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit. That's not the part that I want. But that full goes with something else. Full of wisdom full of wisdom, whom we will appoint this day. Full of wisdom. Don't you need some wisdom to help overcome the problem? Now understand that the wisdom in this case was in solving the problem was found in the Lord's wisdom in saying, through the apostles, choose these seven men. But you don't want just some loose cannons out there You don't want somebody who doesn't take his work seriously. You don't want somebody who doesn't exercise wisdom when there's a problem. If they needed wisdom in this situation when there was a problem, what about when other problems arise? I'm simply saying this morning that men who serve as deacons can be the answer to a number of problems. Anything from a problem that arises with a building the maintenance, the the upkeep, and so forth, to the logistics of getting things to the mission field, that becomes a problem. Men who can use their wisdom or their expertise in these things to find solutions to the problems, that's what we need. The Lord recognized that these servants in His church, 
that he needed some special men to be able to do these things. Thus he gave qualifications, one of which was wisdom. Wisdom comes in very handy when there's a problem to be solved. And so, as we look at the work of deacons, the list is not necessarily there. But the application of what they can do is. Elders oversee deacons, just like they do the rest of the church. And so they don't, they don't delegate to them their decision-making part because that describes their work. But once they have delegated these certain tasks, such as serving a table, these men need to exercise that wisdom so that the problem is completely solved. Elders, I mean rather deacons, can be the answer to a number of problems. That's one of the things that they do, is help to solve problems that arise in the church. But secondly, not only can they do that, deacons help folks, keep folks from being neglected. They help keep folks from being neglected. Acts chapter 6 at verse 1, these days when the disciples were increasing in number, Notice that when they were increasing in number, the church was growing by leaps and bounds. Multiplying is the way that it's described in a number of places. When the disciples were increasing in number, what happens when you get a lot of folks? It's hard to keep up with everybody, isn't it? I've heard people through the years say, you know, we really don't need a large congregation because you just can't get to know everybody and it's just so hard to manage. They shouldn't have lived in the first century. What happens when you get a bunch of folks? You get problems. Why do sometimes problems arise? Well, if you keep reading in this passage, you'll know why. And these days when the disciples were increasing in number of complaint. Well, you get that when there's a lot of people around. A complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. The problem arose because people were neglected. In particular here, the Grecian widows, we've already talked about that to some degree this, this morning, they were being neglected. What does neglected mean? What is the word neglected here? What does it signify? What does it, it mean? Well, it's a word that's a compound word made up of two words in the original language. Para, meaning alongside or beside. And theoreo, which means to view with their eyes. To view with their eyes. That word theoreo is used in Luke 24, verse 39, when Jesus said, See my hands and my feet, that it's I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. And here's where the word comes in. It doesn't have flesh and bones as you see, as you have viewed with your eyes that I have. Para, alongside or beside, theoreo, to view with her eyes. You know, we should all make an effort to view ever how many people we have within the body of Christ, the congregation in which we are. 
to view with their eyes those people to make sure that they're not being... Well, the word neglected means to view with their eyes. Those who are beside you, view them with your eyes to make sure that they have what they need. It should be all of our responsibility, but guess what? God, through His apostles, said, hey, choose seven men who have this particular job to make sure that everybody is being viewed with their eyes. That's not stared at, folks. That's to make sure that everything that that person needs, every need that he has is cared for. That they don't fall through the cracks. That they don't get left out in some way or another. You know, I take that to mean that here are some men who have a special responsibility. Everybody has that responsibility, but here are some men who have a special responsibility to make sure that no one gets overlooked. That was the problem that needed to be solved in the New Testament church in Jerusalem at that time. Some folks weren't getting looked at in the right way. And we need somebody to make sure that these widows are not falling through the cracks. A lot of times we think that's the job of the preacher or the job of the elders. Just like everyone else, it is. But why not use God's Word and spread and delegate to ever how many we need to make sure nobody's falling through the cracks? You begin to see the picture of a deacon not in, okay, well, he just takes care of building things and and elders take care of spiritual things. You begin to see the work of a deacon when you look at it from the eyes of what's found in the book of Acts chapter 6 as men who not only look at tables, but they look at people. They serve people. They serve members of the body of Christ. We sometimes have programs in the Lord's church. Who gets left out? Sometimes the person who's the quietest. Sometimes it's the person who maybe just, you know, is too timid to do something. I think we have deacons who have a responsibility to make sure that they enlist to be sure that no one falls through the cracks. The Lord's pretty smart in the way that He designed things to be done. and So we just need to follow through. Deacons not only can help solve a number of problems, they can help make sure that folks are not being neglected. But number three, deacons, well, go back the right direction here. Deacons can help to meet people's needs. They help meet people's needs. Acts chapter 6 at verse number 3, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this 
duty, is the way the English Standard Version puts it. The word translated duty, and again, understand that we're bringing up these numbers and these words this morning, not so that there will be a test at the end of the sermon, but to make a point. The word duty, that's translated duty, is used 48 times in the New Testament. 42 of those times it's translated need, needs, or needed. Now think about it in those terms. Who we will appoint to this duty. I'm not sure that's the best way of translating that word because it makes it sound like Okay, here's something that a person, he just got to do. Whom we will appoint to take care of this need. Sort of changes the tone of that, doesn't it? See, deacons meet the needs of the congregation, the needs of people. Well, what are some of the needs? And here's again where we find some of the jobs, some of the duties of deacons, some of the things that deacons do. Well, let's just look at a few passages in the New Testament that have to do with needs. In the book of Acts chapter 2 at verse 45, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Same word. Translated duty back over there in Acts chapter 6. Well, obviously from this passage we understand that when the, need, when, the, when the possessions were being sold and the things were being distributed, it has to do with feeding people, clothing people, taking care of those physical needs. So that's one. And, and we would expect that because, you see, that's sort of what's implied in the book of Acts chapter 6. But that's not the only word or only time that the word need is used in the New Testament. Go back to the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verse number 14. Here's Jesus and John. They're discussing Jesus as he has come to be baptized of John. And John says, Lord, you know, I really need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? I need... There are folks who need to be converted, who need baptism. We're asking the needs of people. The needs of people, even in the Lord's church, there are some who who have never obeyed the gospel, maybe children of members, maybe visitors and so forth. And and yes, we as preachers, we, we seek to evangelize and to do that kind of teaching. But you know what? That's not all that's needed. As you go down into this chapter and into the next chapters, you'll find that some of these same men were preaching the gospel, meeting the need, helping folks to understand their need to be baptized for the remission of sins. But even if they didn't preach the gospel... Sometimes we need a place that needs to be cared for. The need was baptism, but there are other things that surround it. And so we can find some work that deacons are in charge of. 
Look at another passage in Matthew chapter 9 at verse number 12. But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Some folks need some medical attention. They need some things that, that have to do with the physical health. Same words used in Luke chapter 9 verse 11. Again, when the crowds learned it, they followed him and welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. And we're not saying that deacons can walk up, put their hands on folks and make them well, but you know what? There might be enough people in a congregation who did not have transportation to the doctor that that needed to be taken care of. Some other needs that have worked themselves or manifested themselves in certain ways. You know, a lot of times people who have cancer have to make a trip on a regular basis to a doctor. On a daily basis to get treatments for a certain amount of time. Puts a burden on family members. Would we need on certain occasions, not at every moment of time, certainly, would we need at certain occasions someone to make sure that somebody has transportation? Need. Need of the physical healing. Here's another one, Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety and nine who pers- just righteous persons who need no repentance. Sometimes people need an encouraging word to change their life. Those are people who have needs. Here's another one, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 28 and 29. Twice the word is used here. Let the thief, who no, lo- uh, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. There's one. We've already talked about that one. But look at verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as for good, for building up as fits the occasion. Same word as need up there earlier. That it may give grace to those who hear. Words of encouragement. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you. Again, the basic principles of the oracles. You need milk and not... Good, uh, not solid food. Teachers, Bible classes, education program. One more, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. For you need endurance, have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Need endurance. How do we keep people on the right track? Keep them going. Keep them working. Maybe that's a problem that deacons can help to solve. And so we look at it, they solve people's needs back there in Acts chapter 6, verse number 3, they would appoint them to this duty. But very quickly, deacons stand firm for the truth. A man by the name of Stephen was appointed as a deacon early in that chapter. Chapter 7, he loses his life because he stands for the truth. Deacons need to do that. No matter where they are, what they're doing, they stand for the truth. Stephen defended the truth even to his death. 
But then, never forget this one. Deacons contribute to the growth of the church. What happened when the problem was solved, folks were not neglected, needs were taken care of? Verse 7, Acts chapter 6. When the church was functioning in the way that God intended for it to function, deacons deacon, preachers preaching, the Word of God continued to increase. The number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and even a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. You see, when deacons contribute their work, they contribute to the growth of the church. These men, they're deserving of great work because they do great work. The work of deacons is not limited to sweeping floors and changing light bulbs, though at times these things need to be done. Their work is much more significant than that, and it's of greater eternal consequence. And so they're not just physical slaves, servants. They're men who have an important role in the work of the church. We need to treat it in that way. Well, we haven't by any means exhausted all we could say in regard to the work of deacons, just as we didn't with elders and so forth. But perhaps you're here this morning, and even though this hasn't been a lesson that has been evangelistic in nature, you know that you need to be obedient to the Lord. Or you know this morning that you have something amiss in your life that you need to make right. We invite you to come, if that's the case, right now, as together we stand.